Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a show about the two-way sensation Shohei Otani. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's get right to it. It's been a while since we've talked about Otani. I believe our last episode was our little all-star game slash home run derby. We did that recap like mid-July. Yeah, exactly. So it's been a minute. Obviously, we've seen plenty things happen. Off the bat, we know Otani's best season ever so far in the Americas. And it's pretty much what we've all wanted from the king himself, Otani. We got it. What do you think, though, of this second half? Because, you know, we were thinking of recording an episode at some point in between. That was the original plan, but it was kind of quiet. Not necessarily in a bad way, although the home runs did slow down, but like the pitching was so good and everything it just seemed like more low-key of a second half like his moment peaked at the all-star game and the derby that weekend and then after i don't know if it was just like people getting used to it or since he wasn't hitting as crazy that played a role but what'd you think i think it played a role in many different ways like there was plenty of scenarios why i think that happened his first half was incredible it was one of those things where, like, oh, if you keep playing how you're projected, he would have ended up with, I don't know, 60, right, 70 yeah. home runs and blah, blah, blah. So it was just something that was going to be hard to keep up with. But again, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Not at all. But it's also a mix of, like, yeah, the hype is there and baseball's a super long season. Like, how long can you just keep talking about the same person? We saw the same with Tatis, you know, we're like, oh, Tatis so great. And then, like, you know, you do that for a month or two and then you start looking at other players. But then it's also like other things started happening. Teams got hot, uh, teams fell apart, trades, and other people started performing well. And on top of that, the thing that we're also used to, the Angels started being the Angels more and losing more. And it's kind of like Shohei's the only good thing about the team. So you put him in the back burner and like Trout isn't even playing. So it's, I feel like it was a, a mixture of things. I feel like the baseball heads still kept track and, you know, look forward to what he was doing on a day-to-day basis, but it was hard to maintain the spotlight on Shohei with everything else happening, you know, especially with the Angels playing how they played. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the Angels more in a bit, but it's definitely unfortunate that we're not doing this as a regular season end and playoff preview type thing, because that would be fun, but... Who knows when that'll happen. And even with the projection stuff, like you said, obviously it wasn't sustainable to keep doing what he was doing on both ends at the same level. I was a little disappointed that he didn't get to 50 home runs. Not that it, you know, diminishes the crazy season he had, but that seemed doable, especially since he was at, I think, 37 at the All-Star break. But... At the same time, the season was still what we've been asking for. Can't really ask for too much. I mean, even the home run race, he fell just behind Salvi and Vlad Jr. But either way, he still has MVP locked up by far, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also something that we're going to be talking about today. And is that I wouldn't say he fully ran away with it just because of that. His stats kind of slowed down a little bit but his batting numbers are up there obviously what helps him a lot is that he 
He also has pitching stats, which is fucking insane. And yeah, I think I second you on that, that I think he gets the MVP. I think, who is it, Vladdy? Mm-hmm. Probably will be the second closest to getting it. He'll probably get some first place votes. I don't know how many because he almost, not him alone, he's obviously part of a bigger team, but almost got the Blue Jays to the playoffs. But they're also a team so loaded with bats. Vlad had a great season. He would win MVP any other year. But, you know, MVP can be looked at in different ways if you're actually the most valuable or if you're just like the best player or whatnot. But I think whatever way you want to look at it, the Angels would have been so much worse without Otani this year. Yeah, that's true. Not that they were <laughs> amazing. They finished under 500 anyway. But with him gone, geez, I can't even imagine. I mean, they had other injuries too, but still. Uh, yeah, it's it's nothing new. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that if somehow, some way, the Angels even made it to, let's say, a, the second wildcard spot or something, I think Otani gets mvp unanimously i mean i think he could get that anyway but i i get what you're saying though yeah i think i think the toronto blue jays rider gives the vote to vladdy so that'll make it tough but i feel like there were moments too in terms of when he not clinched it but it just solidified it even more in the second half even there was a game against the tigers where he pitched eight innings had eight strikeouts Hit his 40th home run the same night that went 110 miles per hour, 430 feet. Like that game was a perfect example of just how crazy this dude is and how unique he is as well. Yeah, Vlad just isn't going to do that. Yeah, I mean, not to go back to earlier and why just the hype on him kind of died down, but that's another thing. I think like sometime earlier in the season, maybe like in August, we all realized like, oh, this dude has MVP. Now let's forget about him. Let's focus on the teams making the playoffs. He's kind of had this since probably the All-Star game. And yeah, I mean, we could get into the stats now. Just talk about how these are stats that we probably either won't see again. And if we do see them, it's obviously going to be from Shohei. So this dude's just setting the standard right now. So just to give you guys the info on the hitting for the year for Otani. Listen up, because... These are MVP numbers right here. For the season, played or appeared in 155 games, whether that's pinch hit or just hitting, pitching, whatever. 155, which is, I would say, over what we assumed at the beginning of the season. I think I had like 140 or probably even less. So that's, clap it up. That's really good. Which also, to be fair, when he's not pitching, he's a DH, so it's not like he's out in the field and stuff. But again, that doesn't take away from it. It's just context yeah capped it at 639 plate appearances which is pretty good that's starter numbers right there 103 runs the boys got wheels we know Mm -hmm. 138 hits solid 26 doubles eight triples which is that's good numbers right there. yeah it sounds low but most people don't even hit one a year no yeah yeah like again if you're not the biggest fan of baseball or don't keep track on like these sort of numbers triples are really hard to get yeah like you said most people or batters don't get a triple a year and those that get a few are usually like the speedsters and that's like three or four maybe for like the guys with like speed speed yeah so that he got eight again clap it up for that 100 ibis on the dot 
you know, you got to hit the triple digits. That just, it's like the cherry on top. That's he wanted that round it. number. You know, we love numbers <laughs> as humans. We just, there's just certain numbers you got to hit. 46 home runs. This is obviously like the one that shocks everyone. You know, chicks dig the long ball or whatever they say. Shohei's not, he's not focused on women, you know. <laughs> He's a career man. He's focused about his career. Don't worry about that later. Taking notes from Derek Jeter. <laughs> the true God. Um, but also, I was talking earlier about how I wish he would have got to 50, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, mid-season feelings. If you would have told me before the season started he would hit 46, I'd have been like, holy shit. Like, he killed it great fucking point because again going back to our predictions which i don't really remember from the beginning of the year i'm pretty sure we both it's like, like around, around the 20, 30 yeah 25 30 we're like yeah you know because we don't know if he's gonna get injured and you know 25 30 would be like wow clap it up and look here we are 46 obviously we love numbers 50 would have been like wow amazing but not mad at all if he just gets 46 again every season 26 stolen bases again also a great number stealing bases is kind of a lost art form it's something that many baseball players aren't doing anymore just because injuries and blah 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 analytics saying that stolen bases don't matter as much well it doesn't matter it's still insane and that he's doing it at such a high level again i don't know if people understand like this is special it's also one of those numbers that would have been cool to see like 30 is that mark i believe right. for baseball players but 20 still one of those though for stolen bases it's one of those like yeah this dude's also hitting 46 home runs which means he's not hitting singles and he has 26 doubles and eight triples like he's already at the base that he was trying to steal you know so it makes it even harder 96 walks which is really good 20 of them intentional which became like a thing this year where even if someone in another city, their team intentionally walked Otani, people would be mad because they came out to see him. I mean, they most likely weren't coming out to see the rest of the Angels, especially with Trout out most of the year. So, yeah. It's something we saw with like Bryce Harper, I forget what year, like 2017 or 18, where he was like on the MVP race. Teams legit started intentionally walking him and just walking him pitching everything outside and it like got in his head and he didn't even get mvp that year like it literally worked he lost like his timing or something and i feel like it was something that teams are trying to do against otani because even the games i watched went to or even when they played the yankees i was like afraid like bruh he's there's no way he's not hitting it out right now like his swing was so confident that i'm not surprised that teams were just like purposely walking him because you got to stop the man. Like, this dude is on some other shit right now. Even when he's not as hot, he's still the biggest threat in their lineup. And so, for example, when the Astros were playing the Angels towards the end of the year, and they were, I think, still fighting for maybe home field or something, but they walked him, like, seven times, mostly intentional, within 10 at-bats or something like that. They just didn't want to lose to him. They'd let someone else on the Angels beat them with the bat if they had to. Yeah, good point. Two things that I wouldn't say are the best, but again, it's kind of a different game we play in this era of baseball, I guess. He ended up with 189 strikeouts, which is it's kind of high, but 
again, we play a different style. We're Yankee fans, and I mean, we have Joey Gallo. 189 strikeouts would have been good for us, but I think he ended up over 200, or right around the 200 mark. So it's just part of the game now. He did end up with a 257 batting average, which, again, not bad, especially for the brand of baseball that we're getting today from most players. But I think, what did we predict? We wanted like 270 or something? Yeah. 275. It's like a good line. I'm happy that Aaron Judge got somewhere around there. I forget what he ended up with. Like 280 maybe. But something to work on and can't be mad at it though. Also for context on that, 300 used to be kind of the line of like, oh, if you're over 300, that's really good. But in the past few years especially, I think that's gone down. I would say this year, if you were over like 270, that was like, oh, you're doing solid. So he's not that far under that. No, yeah, it's it's not bad at all. Again, like it is different. In the 90s or maybe even early 2000s, this wouldn't be good at all. But yeah, like you said, 270 now is like, oh shit, solid year. Ended up with a 592 slugging and 965 OPS, which is on base plus slugging. Pretty good. Those are solid because he does get on base because of the walks and all that. With OPS too, in terms of the kind of line for that, it's one of those stats that has become more popular over the past years. And my reading on it from what I've heard is that if you get over like 800, you're a really good player. And over 900, like excellent. If you have an average one dot OPS, I mean, that's on another level. He's almost at that place with the 965, but it's great for that. And a lot of people prefer that to batting average nowadays. Yeah, uh, it is the preferred stat for sure nowadays, just because it accounts those walks. It accounts the extra base hits, you know, not just like a bunch of singles. Just more telling of like how important are the hits you get or how you get on base, so... It is a growing stat. I think I wouldn't say we were going to throw away average just because that's just the easier way to see and calculate and we're used to it. But OPS is, I guess, is more telling of what you're getting from the player and sure he killed on that. So that's a plus. All right, let's go over to the pitching side to look at those stats for the year. And these are overall, but like we talked about briefly at the All-Star break check-in, the whole sticky substance ban didn't affect him then and still didn't affect him the rest of the year so it seems like Otani was never using any of that but I think it's partially at least like a you know coming over from Japan and just having his own routine and he just never got into that pure speculation but who knows and there was a possibility at one point in mid-September that he could have been shut down for the rest of the year but he came back and pretty much pitched till the end he didn't pitch his last start but it just really didn't matter at all then so that was it but as far as the stats for the year overall he pitched 130.1 innings in 23 games which you have to factor in the kind of six-man rotation that the angels had most of the year and stuff like that but still a good amount of innings and everything 3.18 ERA, which is great, especially for him in this kind of comeback year. I mean, the cream of the crop have like a 
2.4 or something for those who are in the Cy Young race for this year, I believe. So definitely up there. 98 hits allowed, 48 runs allowed, 46 of them earned, 15 home runs allowed, which is crazy, 44 walks allowed, which I feel like he got better on as the year went by, 156 strikeouts, so at least one strikeout per inning with the 130 pitched, so that's great. 10 hit by pitches, not terrible. 1.090 whip, 10.8 strikeouts per nine. Pitching, you can't really complain. I feel like he had a very strong year on the mound. Not like he's going to win the Cy Young, but it's still not super far off from those in the race for that. Yeah, you cannot be mad at these stats, especially for the amount of games he started. If anything, these numbers are telling of what could come from a really good season from Shohei. If you extend these numbers, again, like project if he were to play the amount of time or games that other pitchers in the Cy Young were playing, he'd be really close to that. Like if you get him close to 200 innings, you know, uh, make, I don't know, eight, nine more starts, he'd be up there with, I don't know, this year's Robbie Ray and Garrett Cole, who isn't going to get him. And honestly, if he did were to do that this year, I think he would have had it, assuming that the numbers stay consistent with that, uh, you know, like the ERA around the 3.0 and the 200 strikeout mark, which is like the mark that we look for in pitchers nowadays. I think he would have gotten a good amount of Cy Young votes. So if anything, look at this and look forward to what could come from it again. This isn't purely just him. It has to do with his arm and the Angels and whether they want to pitch him that much or not. But let's say that he does, even next year, uh, he will be in the Cy Young conversation. I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to speak it into existence, but it's very possible. Going off that too, I think it's also something for him to strive for and not feel like he just kind of beat the game, so to speak, where... It's like, all right, I showed what I can do, came two home runs short of tying the top players for the home run lead, came just a little short, like we're saying here, for the Cy Young race. But both of those things could be in line for the future of like, okay, I want to try to get both of these to check those off my list at least once. And MVP, like we've been saying, he should have in the bag, but still many other milestones to reach same thing with the 50 home runs too he fell just short this time but that could be a goal he has for next season like hit at least 50 home runs so you could look at it that way too of just extra motivation for him going forward for sure something to look forward to which is exciting we've also talked on the show before about how much the angels have babied otani in the past And I think they did a better job this year about being a little more hands-off and letting him decide. At least that's what they say, where Madden would text Ipe to check in, and he would give how Otani was feeling, let's say, a day after he pitches. But even then, he seemed to pretty much always play after he pitched, and his numbers actually for hitting were great the days after he pitched as well so 
like I said before, it's a little different since he's just DHing, so he's not playing the field. He only has to come up to hit a few times a game, which isn't nothing, but that balance does work for him, it seems, of he gives a more full effort every time he's up in the rotation with the pitching and hitting the same day, which will get you more tired, but then in between, he can mostly rest while DHing otherwise, so I don't know. The system seems to be working. Yeah, that is very true. I think the moment that we saw that they were cool with letting him hit the home run derby, I was like, oh, they really are. Like, on some, right. let's have fun with it. Let him do what he does. If he's good, he's good. We'll trust him. And I like that. And I like to think Otani was happy with that. At least that's the one way you keep a player happy in a losing team. No shade intended. But... So to go over to the Angels overall with the team, finished with a 77-85 and 85 record, fourth place in the division in the AL West, nine games behind the third place A's, 18 <laughs> behind the first place Astros. I mean, pretty embarrassing. They felt like a 500 team as usual most of the year, and they finished even worse than that. Like, you did see some signs of life, which we'll talk about in a sec. And they did have injuries with Trout and Rendon and etc. But it's like, how far off is this team from making the playoffs? Uh, I'm like out of words because I feel like we do this every season at the beginning and at the end of the season. Yeah. So far, what is this, three seasons of Otani? Four, I think. Yeah, or fourth and... Have we seen the Angels go above 500? Maybe just above, but that's Or maybe the like most. a game over, yeah, uh, or whatever, two games. But still sad when you have so much talent, dude. And like literally the two players in the MLB, without a doubt, Otani, MVP, and Mike Trout, the unanimous like best player in the MLB. And yet this is how you end. You're in and you're out. It mu- I like... I guess we're like partly angel fans like we root for them but imagine being like a diehard angel yeah, fan <laughs> dude that shit is rough and i mean we even had talks with the whole thing at the beginning of the year how bauer didn't go to the team now we know that they kind of dodged a bullet with that but still like i wouldn't say it needs a rebuilding but they need some sort of big change in philosophy or just trade or i don't know like something needs to get done because this ain't it a team like this should not be anywhere near 500 yeah i'm hoping they're working on that but like you said some of it is not their fault trout i still don't get has it been like like yeah like it's it is some sort of a mystery still right yeah i mean they said he was gonna be out i think six weeks originally or something like that then he missed the rest of the season That's like the most Mets thing I've ever heard, (laughs) but it's happening to the Angels uh, with the best player. It's in, yeah, no clue. I almost don't even want to know because just that Trout didn't play because of whatever the fuck reason. Maybe it is a real injury or maybe it's just, who knows, fucking COVID. That he didn't play gets me so like triggered because it's like, bro, you're messing up. (laughs) this thing you know like not just for me i'm pretty sure a lot of people feel the same way we want to see you play even if we're not angel fans you're like a lifetime player like a one in a lifetime player so let's see you out there so frustrating 
I saw a stat too that said in the past five years, Giancarlo Stanton, who people always criticize for being injured, has played more games total than Trout. Just a moment of silence. Because, <laughs> man, and the shit is, I mean, again, we are the Yankee fans. We hear the shit that Giancarlo goes through with our fan base. It's like a never-ending hate, and this dude somehow, way, still performs at the end of the day. Especially the end of this year. Like, the dude was on a tear. Pretty much why we signed him and why we wanted him. He's finally showing that off. But that, I didn't even know that stat. That's insane. <laughs> just to hear that out loud. Like, because I wouldn't believe it. Stanton's like, I mean, we know. Like, injury written. And it's sad to hear anything like that. Again, so yeah. Trout didn't come back. But then you also had the Rendon thing. The dude is, like, broken. Played... I don't know. I'm going to say he played maybe 40 games this season. And even those, he was like hurt for most or all of them. Yeah, that hurt because I had him in my fantasy team and <laughs> shit. But, and I like him. He's he's a good player, but that's almost scary because it's this Pujols 2.0, even though the contract isn't as, you know, long, 10 year or whatever it was. Yeah, like it was not as long, but Justin Upton broken as well. After a good start. Who knows what happened to David Fletcher. He was so hot for a while, like around the All-Star break. We had, like, as one of our favorites just because he plays that old school, like Derek Jeter, slap a single, go yeah, exactly. base, create chaos type of ball, which is cool. That kind of went away. And, I mean, we have DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees who went through something similar, but who knows if, you know, he'll come back to who he was. And there is some promise. Uh, Jared Walsh, like we kind of mentioned, has still young. Has a good bat, good swing. Joe Adele, they called back up, and he was like, I don't know if he's still number one. I think that's like Wander Franco now uh, mm-hmm. in terms of prospects and rookies, but Joe Adele's still up there and promising compare him to, I don't know, like a Byron Buxton or just like a all-star outfielder. Yeah, and he did better coming up this year than last year where he was having issues. You also have Brandon Marsh, uh, who's also promising. And I almost hope he stays on the team all year next year and not just gets called up because they kind of need him and he's kind of fun to watch. Same thing with Adele. And maybe that's what they have to do, just kind of start fresh. Obviously, still keeping Otani and Trout there, but I don't know how much longer you can keep giving Upton a try. Not saying that he's a bad player or anything, but at some point you got to change something up or remove a player or demote him not to send him down but maybe just don't start him as much maybe the future is just yeah to use the the youngins and start from there yeah even fellow jack captain jack quote unquote mayfield who had some moments this year for sure who even though his overall numbers aren't the craziest still a fun player to watch and in terms of You were mentioning letting people go. They did DFA Jose Iglesias in early September, which basically means they just let him go, designated him for assignment. And then the Red Sox picked him up and he was amazing. I didn't even get when they dropped him because, like we talked about before, he was kind of the Simba replacement for Andrelton Simmons. He had a great love. He was even hitting decent throughout the year. I mean, I know he made some errors, I would see here and there, but he seemed like a solid person to build around. And obviously with the Red Sox, it showed 
his bat is up there too so definitely didn't make sense he wasn't the problem on the team at all if anything i remember more of the top plays you know the yeah the web gems the web gems and most infielders make a lot of errors especially when you're flashy with the glove like he is he's one of the flashy finesse uh make it look pretty type of player but i trust him with the glove if i was the angels or whatever team he's on didn't make sense but again like it <laughs> at this point at least for this season any move the angels made is kind of like didn't really have a point and didn't really matter uh just hope that they find a solution or a good replacement for him for next season and then on the pitching end i think there was actually mostly good things that happened this year even if it wasn't like the best pitching year itself overall but you had patrick sandoval who really broke out this year had like a 3.66 era overall almost threw a no hitter at one point i think he'll be good for the future jose suarez came up replaced bundy in the rotation initially after he threw up a yankee stadium I mean, Bundy kind of was on his way out, it felt anyway, but he's kind of become, in another Yankee comparison way, like a Nestor Cortez type of pitcher where he came out of nowhere, but he was pretty solid. Also, with the Yankees note, they traded Andrew Heaney to the Yankees, which is just, I mean, painful as Yankee fans to have gotten, we both knew from watching the Angels closely because of this podcast that that was not going to be a good move, and <laughs> that certainly came true. And the Angels got back this guy Jansen Junk in that trade. Who, who knows? He could turn out to be decent. They brought up a lot of young pitchers to try out this year. Reed Detmers, who was pretty good. Packy Nodden, who just has a weird name. <laughs> Griffin Canning had his troubles. Went down to AAA, got injured, but maybe he can come back and be like his rookie year kind of self you have alex cobb who's gonna be a free agent but he looked good like before and after his brief injury and to end the year he was great so he seems like he wants to stay with the angels they'll probably or maybe resign him i don't know but i think the most important pitching move they actually need to make in the offseason one resign Rossiel Iglesias to a nice contract. He was, in my opinion, the best closer this year. Like, he just felt the most lights out out of any other one. Like, guys like Jansen or Chapman all had their struggles, but Rossiel was just always lights out, it seemed. But the rest of the, the Angels' bullpen, aka the blowpen, you just need to figure out. I don't know, hire someone from the Rays to rebuild your bullpen. That's what I would do. They really need to figure that out. They don't have good people there. And I do think while a lot of those young guys and cop could potentially round out a rotation, I think you need at least one other like number one or two pitcher to bring into for a starter. I agree with you. I don't have much to add. I do think they need maybe two starting pitchers. Uh, for sure, sign Alex Cobb. He's not a one, two, or three, but he's like a solid four or five. He's going to get you innings and for cheap. So do that. 
just want to personally say fuck you to the angels for uh, just handing out Heaney like that <laughs> and trying to destroy my franchise. <laughs> um, honestly, I didn't even think about it until you brought him up. But the signing of Heaney is the difference between like the Yankees, that one game difference of the Yankees playing at home in the wild card or whatever. Or even more, obviously. I'm saying one game, but this dude pitched at least six, seven games, didn't win a single one. And if anything, later on, played in the bullpen, made some games worse. It was it was tragic. I still can't believe he was their opening day starter in 2020 or whatever. That's just all you need to know about Angels pitching. And obviously part of that was because Otani wasn't pitching because of the injury, but still. I mean, he has gotten worse. Like, he wasn't this bad, but yeah, he's no number one. I don't know if he ever really was. And yeah, I second signing Iglesias again as a closer. And yeah, for sure need to get like two solid starters. One of them has to be a like solid number one, possibly like a really strong number two. This is like the base of the problem. And there's been talks of, you know, if Otani will negotiate or sign an extension with the Angels this offseason. If I was him, I'm not telling him whether to stay or leave, but I would hold off and use it as leverage because he's trying to get them to you know make more trades and sign more people etc i would use it as leverage of like build me a great team or i'm gonna leave like simple as that walk away bro drop the (laughs) mic just leave the room grab ebay by the (laughs) ear (laughs) and just walk out not yet you have to obviously we kind of know he's more of the sweet guy and just like a stand-up guy who wants to be loyal what if ipe though is like the bad cop of the good cop bad cop like otani's just in the room smiling being all nice and then ipe's like yeah we need 500 million dollars yeah he's the one like pinching him <laughs> under the table like bro shut the fuck they <laughs> stop this fucking smiling bro like, <laughs> what's wrong with you not yet i i really hope so you don't want to see that because it, it almost makes you that guy you know that player we've heard it about lebron many times like oh he's he's the one making the grumpy face when he's not happy and he wants to be part of the team's decisions this and that sometimes you got to do that mike trout isn't doing that maybe shohei has to be the one you know turn it around i don't know how many more years trout has left or whatever but you have this window that is only getting smaller to make this happen. And if this is not Trout doing it, if it's not Otani doing it, I hope it's Ipe. Uh, we already know big Ipe fans on this <laughs> podcast. Ipe, come on the pod. We need to see Ipe jerseys come out next year. Oh, yeah. uh, my purchase. And a bobblehead. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, something needs to change dramatically soon. And hopefully that's next year. So with the end of the regular season and no playoffs as usual... This recap is usually the last episode we do until the next spring training, but in this case, since Otani is almost undoubtedly going to win MVP, and if he doesn't, it'll be a big story as well, and we're going to do an episode after that happens, so mid-November-ish or so, about a month from now, we're recording this a little after the season ended, just because of schedule stuff, but yeah. This won't be the end quite yet for us. That wraps it up for this episode of Otani Comes to America. I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere. 
And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. You already know. MVP Shohei. AKA Showtime. AKA The Greatest Showman. AKA Mr. Hot Wheels. AKA The Six Tool Player. AKA The Anaheim Starboy. AKA The Double Trouble Ring Slinger Dinger Hitter. AKA Two Way Shohei. AKA Shohei the Money. AKA Otani B. AKA Swohei Brotani. AKA Shohei got the pop, Shohei got the smoke. AKA, uh, let me get a number 17. What's that? Uh, Abo Taco. AKA the Bart Boy, No Simpson. AKA the Boss of All Clout. AKA the Little Leaguer of the Big Leagues. AKA Mayama Otani. AKA MLB The Show, better than a video game player.